Welcome to another edition of VP Live Talk Radio. Tonight, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking about the No E-Cigs for Kids rally, which I found very interesting that took place in New York City today. Jeff Steyer is going to be joining us. Alex Clark is going to be joining us. And hopefully, Scott Stringer, who is the New York City comptroller who put this whole thing together, will be joining us. I'd love to have him on the show. The call-in number is 347-308-8329. And then after that, we have some other things we're going to be doing as well. But that is the first thing on the agenda. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring on Alex Clark first. For those of you that don't know, Alex Clark is from the Consumer Advocates for Smoke-Free Alternatives Association. Let's invite him on the show. I haven't spoken to Alex in quite a while, and I'm sure he had a lot of fun today (laughs) attending this. How are you, sir? Good. How are you doing? I am doing quite well. So you attended the rally today? Yeah, um, myself, Gregory Conley, and Jeff Steyer, and a couple of other people um, showed up. I think Spike was there, um, Chris from Cherry Vapes, um, and uh, yeah, some other people that uh, were just consumers that felt like showing up and supporting. I'm glad that consumer showed up. It's a shame you didn't get a voice, unfortunately. Uh, I did ask Greg to come on, but he's probably sleeping at this point. Greg's very tired. He's been traveling a lot, and I said, I understand. That's okay. And Jeff's going to be calling in in a few minutes. Uh, yeah, and we'll go over what happened at this rally and what it was about or every, and everything. But there is something interesting that I saw that happened, and I'm going to play it real quick for everybody before Jeff calls in. The press was speaking to Jeff Steyer. And he was trying to speak to the press. Obviously, they they approached him, right, Alex? They were asking him questions. And I guess what they decided to do at this event was they decided to start playing music very loud so that it was drowning out Jeff. And then they started chanting to completely drown him out, which I just found unbelievable. But for those of you that didn't see it or hear it, you took this video, right, Alex? Uh, yeah, I think I, if it's the one I think it is, yeah, I, I shot the video. Yeah, I mean, this is unbelievable here. I'm, I'm going to play what happened when Jeff was, try, <laughs> was, Jeff was trying to speak to the press. Here we go. Oh, wait, no, James, no, no. First, I want to play this news. Well, I'll play that, and then I'll play the news clip. Hang on. Let's play Jeff trying to speak to the press. question alex (laughs) while these people were speaking and giving their speeches and uh talking to the press and and doing their rally were any of the pro e-cigarette people screaming and yelling or playing music while they were speaking well obviously we didn't have access to a a pa system and um i mean there were a couple of uh i think necessary rebuttals that came from us in the audience but nothing 
terribly disruptive and I'm sure nothing out of the ordinary for a New York City press event. Right, right, right. I mean, that's unbelievable. <laughs> well, I think that all the time. You know, he's just trying to answer questions. The press will ever let the poor guy speak. That is unbelievable to me. It really is. Yeah, it's just a shame. You know, and, 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 and essentially what he was doing was, and it was absolutely appropriate, you know, for, for Jeff to, to stand up there and, and make it clear to the press that, that you know, we're going to be around afterwards to offer a, a, an opposing point of view. Um, and it, yeah, it was, it's kind of like you said, right about the time that they began to take interest in, in what he was saying, the chanting starts. <laughs> so and it was, it was well before, you know, any, anybody came to a podium to give any official presentation. Um, so I, I, I Jeff and Greg are, are a lot more experienced at this. It was, uh, it, it was a privilege for me to watch them work. And I, you know, I obviously have the benefit of, of learning from, from their experience, um, but uh, they did a very good job of engaging the the media that was there. And I'm glad the media was wanting to get an opposing point of view. Um, actually, I want to play this real quick. Speaking of the media, I heard this quick clip about uh, the rally today. This was on uh, 1010 Wins in New York City. James says e-cigarette companies are targeting ads at teens, something the tobacco industry is not allowed to. E-cig marketing is seductive, reeling children in with enticing flavors like peach breeze and vanilla and chocolate. <laughs> James wants e-cig marketing brought under the same FDA regulations as cigarettes. But Gregory Connolly, who represents a group funded by the e-cig industry, says the proposals here are dangerous. We need to be able to get the word out to smokers that these products are a viable alternative to smoking. And they just want to end all advertising. Roger Stern, 1010 wins on the Upper West Side. Peach breeze, Alex. <laughs> that sounds delicious. I, I had a peach for a snack not that long ago. And vanilla and chocolate because adults don't like vanilla and chocolate, God forbid. And, you know, they're doing something interesting, too, with Greg. Hang on. I see Jeff's on the phone. I want to bring him on real quick, and then I want to ask him about this, too, because I find this fascinating. Let's bring Mr. Steyer on. Jeff Steyer is the senior fellow for the National Center for Public Policy Research he actually came to Connecticut last year and uh, helped us when we had a, uh, a health committee hearing and spoke, which was great. Uh, Jeff, are you there? I am. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for coming on, Jeff. I appreciate it. Now, we also did invite Mr. Scott Stringer to come on. If he wants to call in, 347-308-8329 and have a reasonable, rational debate about this, which I only think is fair. Uh, Jeff, before we talk about this, I want to bring up something real quick. I've been seeing this in the press. This is the second time I've seen this this week. When it, it, the first, I saw it the first time when uh, Greg was on the uh, show. We went on PBS, and he was uh, doing the show with the, that they had Stanton Glantz on, and they did it today. They now refer to him by saying he is funded by the e-cigarette industry. Do you notice that, that they're doing that now? Well, I think it's a common tactic when you don't have science or facts on your side to criticize and to try to throw ad hominem attacks at people to take away their credibility rather than uh, to allow a, a discussion about the actual issues. Uh, and that's what we saw, again, in many different forms. Uh, but first, I want to express my appreciation to Alex uh, for uh, the fantastic uh, work he did today in terms of uh, recording, videotaping, taking pictures, uh, because the other side, I think, is, has gotten comfortable uh, thinking that uh, they control the press, they control the room, they control the speaker, uh, the, the PA system, and the video. 
And, and we actually, you know, in the age of social media today, we actually have an alternative point of view getting out there. Thanks to people like Alex coming out. Thanks to Greg Connolly uh, for alerting me to the event in my own neighborhood uh, and, and Spike and all the others who, who participated today. I think it is a lesson. Today was a very successful uh, event, uh, not for Scott Stringer, but for our point of view, because so far in the media, there has been, other than that clip you played, uh, the the there has been almost no coverage of this event. Maybe they'll play it tomorrow in, on a quiet news day on the holiday. But, uh, but I think we succeeded, uh, ironically, in silencing them, uh, even though that wasn't our intent, uh, because the media saw uh, that they didn't have much of an argument and there wasn't much uh, science or fact in their presentations. And uh, for all of the many, many thousands of dollars that they spent of taxpayer money, by the way, on today's event. They've gotten very little coverage for it. And I think uh, that recognition should go to Alex and, and Greg and, and Spike and all the others who participated today and who came out. And that should be a lesson for the vaping community, that you can actually have an impact by respectfully participating uh, in, in public events. And that's what they did today. And I, I'm very grateful to be part of that community now. So I didn't know that. So this event today was funded by taxpayer money. Yeah, so I live on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Uh, I've known Scott Stringer uh, for for a long time. He's the controller of the city of New York. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a, a quick personal story. Um, I used to be uh, pretty close friends with Scott's brother, David. Uh, and in the months before uh, 9-11 here in New York City, uh, David persuaded me uh, to, because we were personal friends, to change my party registration, which at the time was Republican, uh, to Democrat. And I did so because David's brother, my, my close friend's brother, was running uh, for, for office in my, in my uh, community. Uh, I believe he was running for assembly at the time or maybe uh, some other citywide office. Uh, and I did, and I switched my party registration, maybe now regretfully, to vote for him. Um, but I never got to vote that day. That was the election that was held uh, on 9-11, 2001. Um, and uh, David and I, uh, Scott's brother, uh, were friends. And, and uh, David uh, is a smoker, at least back when we were friends. Uh, he, he was a smoker, a uh, longtime smoker. And uh, at the time, I recall, this is in, in, in early 2001 or late 2000, uh, where I offered uh, Scott Stringer's brother, David, smokeless tobacco, snooze, uh, to help him quit smoking. And it, unfortunately, it didn't work for him. He, he kept on smoking. And I, I mentioned to Scott today, who, who you know, we know each other, uh, I, I said to him, you know, if only back then, uh, when David wanted to quit smoking, uh, if I had e-cigarettes to give him, uh, he probably would have quit at the time. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, hang on one second. We have, if you're on uh, the phones and you want to uh, come in and add to the discussion or have any questions, numbers 347-308-8329. Just press the number one and you will be put in the queue. 609 area code. You are on the air. Hello. Hello. This is Gregory Connolly. Oh, it is Mr. Connolly. You woke up. That's great. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Today was uh, a lot of fun. It's not my first, not my first press conference that I have uh, infiltrated. Um, and um, <laughs> knowing how the ants never learn the lessons of their past, it probably won't be the last. Well, you know, Jeff made a point earlier, and this is so true. Thank God for social media. 
Oh my God! Because of social media, people were be able to, people were able to be able to find out about the event. Go to the event. They had their hashtag Noe Sigs for Kids, which people went nuts on. With I know at least with Twitter over and 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 uh, tweeting their opinions on it. Thank God for social media. It really is wonderful. Jeff made a very good point with that. I mean, if we didn't have social media, that press conference would have went on. Uh, God knows what uh, what the media would have done with it. Thank the Lord for social media. That is wonderful. So I want to understand. Indeed, the the I'll add the ants have now trotted out four different hashtag campaigns that vapors have hijacked over the past year. There's Kerbit. Uh, there's still blowing smoke from California. There's vaping truth from Chicago. Now there's no e-cigs for kids from uh, New York City. I'm just wondering what the next one will be. <laughs> well, they're going to keep on trying. It's amazing. But I mean, either you or uh, either you, Greg or Jeff, could take this question so people understand. So because I don't think a lot of people even know what happens happened here. So there was this rally put on today, No Sig for Kids. I'm guessing it was uh, put on by uh, Scott Stringer, who was the New York City comptroller. Mike, I guess my first question is: is why would the comptroller want to put on a rally to for e-cigs? I will take this politics uh i don't know why uh in a rational normal world the person who's in charge of balancing the checkbook for the city would be putting on a rally about a health issue um but in all reality it's politics uh jeff will know more than me um but i'm sure he has a uh, past in politics and that he has aspirations to do uh better things uh he certainly had the New York style of speaking and trying to shout people down and act like he was a tough guy. Uh, he had that down pat. Yeah, I mean, do you know, Jeff, why, why, would, why would he do this? What, what, what is the agenda? What, what? What, I don't get it. Well, well it, it is a tradition, and people have asked me, why, why do they do a press conference on a Sunday? It's a generally quiet news day, and it's a day that they can get the media to come out, and New York Senator Schumer uh, built his career doing Sunday press conferences, you know, the old uh, mm-hmm. saying was, if it's Sunday, it must be meet the press. Uh, but then in New York, it was, if it's Sunday, it must be a Senator Schumer press conference. Uh, and and Scott Stringer uh, and other New York City politicians are just following in that tradition. Certainly, Scott, uh, his name comes up uh, as a future mayoral candidate. Uh, I believe he ran in the past, uh, but uh, he certainly, if you, if you ask who's going to be uh, the mayor of New York in five or ten years, Scott, uh, certainly has those aspirations, but it wasn't just Scott. It was uh, other city politicians who were trotted out today. Uh, it's their it's their way of getting their name in the press, and, and as Greg said, it's politics. But what I found most disturbing about it, uh, of course, it's it's New York City taxpayer money being used for these highly politicized events. In fact, um, the the room that w- that the event was held in, which I actually walk by uh, quite often, it's in my neighborhood. Uh, is a, a community uh, room. It's almost like a, a com- it's a, some sort of community center, which obviously receives very large grants from the city of New York. Uh, and the people that were out there uh, acting as goons, trying to prevent us from uh, speaking to the press, uh, were wearing a New York City controller uh, identification. They, were, they had their badges, and they went, one even had a jacket uh, that said New York City Controller's Office. Uh, these were city employees who were trying to block our access to free speech. Uh, certainly, we, uh, as you pointed out, we did not uh, interrupt their press conference. We were just 
taking advantage of the opportunity to speak to the media who came out to the event, and we were uh, quite careful not to disrupt their press conference. That's why I uh, went up before the event began uh, to express uh, that Greg and Spike and others were there to share their points of view, uh, and we waited until the end uh, to speak to the press, which is, which is what we did. Uh, but this was uh, an abuse of New York City taxpayer money, um, they, I don't know if they paid for the room uh, directly, but they certainly paid for the room with, with grants uh, to have that room available to the community. Uh, and it's, it's, I guess it's not so uncommon for politicians to use rooms like that, but I do think it is uncommon to have New York City employees, or it, it, it ought to be uncommon, <laughs> for New York City employees to try to drown out opposing points of view. That's certainly not the uh, tradition in New York politics that we should be proud of. Absolutely not. I agree. Uh, let me ask you this. Did they, I know it's, at some of these events, they actually bring children to speak. Did they have children there? Were they actually speaking? Well, yes. <coughs> I think of that one. Um, Greg, I think, can, can share uh, his perspective on that, but I'll just, he, he witnessed something that was uh, really disturbing uh, in terms of, of how the children were being used and, and how maybe that backfired. Uh, but I'll just say that uh, the, the children who were there were brought in uh, and at the end of the event, I saw um, it's a good thing it was an anti-e-cigarette event as opposed to an anti-obesity event because I saw uh, employees of the uh, community center handing out candy and chips to the children to thank them for participating in the event. Um, I, I joked on Twitter that, that it was actually candy-flavored candy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, so what about, you know what, Greg? I believe it was Alex Clark of Casaw who witnessed um, a reporter talking to one of the teens, um, and they asked her, uh, so what e-cig ads have you seen? And the young lady paused for several seconds and then uh, admitted that she had actually never seen or couldn't remember ever seeing e-cigarette advertising. <laughs> and, of course, the news reporter rather than seizing upon that. And I can't blame her too much for not trying to go all journalist uh, journalist mode on a 18-year-old or 16-year-old, however old this person was. The journalist then immediately moved on to another question, and you won't be seeing um, that question on the news. Uh, if it was another topic uh, that these reporters actually uh, cared about and weren't biased against, perhaps it would have been different. Wow. And just to... to just to add to that that point about children and how they were being used, uh, so I live in this community. I, I actually walked uh, to the event, and I have friends in the community uh, who live here who uh, who are vapors, uh, who have children who are very happy uh, that their parents uh, don't smoke, and certainly these kids don't vape. And I thought for a moment about uh, having my friends come along and maybe bringing their kids. Uh, to present a different point of view. Uh, but I just felt dirty uh, thinking about using children uh, to promote a political point of view, and I didn't even ask them. Um, but uh, New York City politicians have no shame. Well, you know, this is how, it's not just there. It's happening everywhere, Jeff. Uh, last year, it was about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, my uh, niece, who was 12 years old at the time, uh, she was in, uh, I believe, sixth or seventh grade, they brought in some group. I don't know what this group was, but it, it was some sort of anti-smoking uh, group. And she told me that uh, they spoke to the kids about e-cigarettes, 
and talked about how dangerous they were. Then they showed them a video. It was actually a cartoon that they showed them. Somebody has a dog barking. Yeah, sorry, I'll mute. Uh, they actually showed a uh, a cartoon of this girl, and the point of the the whole premise of the cartoon was uh, how e-cigarettes ruined her life. Ruined her life, e-cigarettes. <laughs> and then I see my uh, niece. Um, it was uh, last Thanksgiving, and she's telling me about this, and she's begging me to please stop using e-cigarettes. I was so irate. I was so, so mad. I, I, I couldn't believe that. I'm yelling at my brother. I'm like, why do you let that happen? I mean, this is crazy. They walked into the school and brought it. Now, if that was my kid, oh, my God, I can't even imagine what I would have done. I mean, it's insane that they do that. And this is going. That's right. I'll just say something that, that probably doesn't even need to be said to this community. But uh, for those uh, listening uh, beyond the e-cigarette community, uh, we agree. Uh, with those uh, at the press conference today who said kids should not use these cigarettes and uh, there should be no marketing directed towards kids uh, of these products, uh, but but it's not. <laughs> That's the thing. It's not. And why would why would they market to teens? Because they don't sell uh, to youth. So uh, we agree with that point. Uh, the problem is they they're 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 successful. Uh, it's not being done. Uh, but what they're trying to do, and this is I think what the point of the whole press conference was. Uh, they don't like the fact that there are, are flavored e-cigarettes. Uh, they mistakenly, uh, and I'm giving them a benefit of the doubt here, they mistakenly believe that these flavors are meant to appeal to kids, uh, when in fact we all know in this community uh, that the flavors are meant to appeal to cigarette smokers who now find those flavors uh, more appealing than actually burning tobacco and inhaling it, and that's why e-cigarettes uh, are such a success and such a boon to public health. That's exactly correct. And later tonight... Kevin, mm-hmm. you should go to that CBS article um, that uh, was put up earlier today. Quotes me. But if you click the little radio um, button to be able to listen to the 30, 40 second story, it is hilarious hearing Letitia James uh, talk about the alluring flavors. Oh, hang on, like Greg. Greg. Vanilla Greg, you're talking about this? Chocolate. You're talking about this one? James says e-cigarette companies are targeting ads at teens, something the tobacco industry is not allowed to. E-cig marketing is seductive, reeling children in with enticing flavors like peach breeze and vanilla and chocolate. James wants (laughs) e-cig marketing brought under the same FDA. Talking about that one. (laughs) Yes, and chocolate. And it's it's amusing because having done this for, for five and a half years now, um, you get different levels of antis, and the more sophisticated, um, disingenuous people, they know when they're going out and making speeches about flavors to say bubblegum, cotton candy, because then you can actually back off and say, well, I'm not saying all flavors are marketed to youth, but cotton candy, come on. Right. Uh, meanwhile, you have people like Letitia James, who's supposed to be a public advocate for the people of New York City, um, and she seems to believe that every single flavor – uh, that's out there is um, warring children. The conversation I had on uh, PBS radio with um, Dr. Robert Jackler, who pretty much said that even alcohol flavors, alcohol flavors are doubly appealing to youth because not only is it flavored, but you're breaking a taboo. So it's like you can't win. Uh, if, if it's ever, if it hasn't already been apparent to everyone listening, you can never <laughs> win with these people. You try to make an adult flavor you're still marketing to kids, 
um, and you try and just put out generic flavors like a vanilla or a chocolate that's available, uh, anything that's flavored comes in a vanilla or chocolate, well, you're still marketing to children and you're making it alluring too. Right, right. Hey, again, we have somebody on the line. I want to see if they want to come on or not. I'm not sure. 914 area code. Maybe the controller? controller Hello? The controller? 914, you're on the air. Hmm. Come on, controller. You're, well, you're free to debate us. <laughs> I don't know if it's, it's a New York number, and they're cowards. not saying anything. So <laughs> we're not cowards, as you as you declared today. Oh, he said you guys were cowards. Yeah. What was his? Can you just kind of quickly summarize his speech? I mean, obviously, it was about uh, the e-cigarette industry targeting children with advertising. He only showed uh, one example on his Twitter of this. I didn't see any more. Um, was there anything else to his speech? I mean, you're saying he called us uh, uh, cowards, and, and what else was he saying? They all, all their speeches blend together, but they pretty much brought up the image of Joe Camel and talked about how e-cigarette, I mean, cigarette companies marketed their kids, and they agreed not to, and e-cig companies should should be doing the same. But, of course, in these people's minds, um, any kind of marketing is directed towards children. Um, and during the Q&A with the press, um, he went off on tangent and pretty much said that the e-cig industry is full of cowards who are marketing to our children, and since it was a and a I waited for him to finish his answer, and then I yelled out uh, that if, he, if he's calling people cowards, then why doesn't he show he's not a coward and debate? And then I asked him questions about uh, alcohol advertising uh, and whether or not bubblegum vodka is is aimed at children um and of course he, he very quickly deflected ignored me and uh when they wrapped up the press conference as jeff may have noted uh they turned the music up very high so that jeff myself and others could not immediately uh get a uh get a get an easy way of talking to all the press and, and 914, if it is uh, Mr. Stringer, I'm not sure if it is or not, please press the number one. I'd be happy to bring you on. I mean, I'm sure uh, Jeff would like to uh, speak with you and have a very rational, reasonable debate. You know what, Jeff? Why does alcohol get a pass? Why do we have cotton candy, uh, uh, vodka, why do, gummy bear vodka? Why does that get a pass? Uh, you've got me. <laughs> I don't get I it. I think the, re- oh. the reason is, is that people in this country uh, – are smart enough. We don't have many alcohol prohibitionists left in the country. We have mothers against drunk driving that want to make it, uh, that want to bring down the legal limit to 0.01, and that's their form of of prohibition. But uh, we don't really have prohibitionists because we already did that, and it was such an utter failure. Um, And there's no public money in being an alcohol prohibitionist. There's very little government grants that you're going to get being an alcohol prohibitionist. Uh, meanwhile, in the uh, in Europe, where they haven't had alcohol prohibition, we still there are still many uh, neo prohibitionists out there on that issue. Christopher Snowden writes extensively about them on his blog. Um, but here in America, if you are a researcher or a someone who wants to go work for a nonprofit, well, if you're anti-tobacco, anti-e-cigarettes, uh, anti uh, Anything that looks like smoke, here and you're, uh, and you work towards it, you'll probably get yourself a job and be employed until you're 65. So, that's that's a big part of the reason. Right. Um, with I, regard to there not being, with, with regard to there not being able to tell the difference between 
a deadly cigarette and a dramatically less harmful e-cigarette. If you look closely at one of the larger posters that they put into the hands of a very young child, it was actually a poster with a cigarette on it. You could see the tobacco in the picture. And it it just illustrates that uh, these adults who are uh, using children to advance their agenda are actually lying both to the children uh, and to the to the press and the public uh, by actually putting pictures of cigarettes in their anti-e-cigarette uh, campaigns. It just shows uh, that they truly do not understand uh, what's going on here. Well, and, you know, it, and and they do this because you know, as far as they're concerned, e-cigs are big tobacco. They say this. This is big tobacco doing this. Um, they can't get out of their brains that this is a uh, uh, big tobacco is a very a sliver of of the companies that are that are selling e-cigarettes. I have a question for you, Jeff. Uh, let's say I'm a New York City resident, and uh, I am offended. I'm very upset that my taxpayer money was used to pay for this event. Can I, as a New York City resident, do something? Can I file a complaint? Is there something that I can do about this? Uh, well, I think I think you should do what we did today, which is to come out and participate in the process, even if it uh, takes. Uh, being bullied a little bit by city employees, uh, most of them who were, by the way, six foot five. It was strange how many uh, employees of the comptroller's office happened to be six foot five or larger um, that, that that were trotted out today. Um, but uh, but yeah, you can participate in the process. Uh, I don't think writing a letter to, uh, to Scott Stringer will help much. Certainly, writing uh, to the media, to the New York Daily News, which which ran. Uh, Scott Stringer and Letitia James op-ed today, uh, certainly writing letters to the editor, to the New York Daily News, tweeting at them as well. Uh, but letters to the editor, I, I, I believe, will be, uh, some will be will be uh, published uh, to in response to a piece like this. Uh, I think uh, that's how, how you can have your voice heard. Right. And, um, I, yeah, I highly recommend sending letters to the editor. Um, keep in mind, 150, 200 words, uh, that's not many words. Uh, you can probably sit down and write one in an hour. Um, and if you need any advice, uh, feel free to message me or email me. Um, and did we, uh, I came in on the conversation a little late. Did we talk about Spike's sign? Uh, no. No, that's a good point. Oh, I got to give Spike credit. Spike Fabian, who owns Vape New York and formed National Vapors Club, she came and she brought a very large uh, sign that says uh, e-cigs are an alternative to smoking, exclamation point. The 45 million adult smokers in the U.S. are the target audience for the industry. And in red font, not your children, exclamation point, exclamation point. If you, if you search the no e-cigs for kids with a four, the numeric four, on Twitter, you'll find every photo of the press conference. That photo is center right, right behind the speaker. And it's funny, I'll share, I'll share with you what happened this morning, uh, the press conference this morning, was uh, called for, uh, I believe it was 11.15, so it was uh, just a few minutes after 11, I was speaking with Spike, and uh, she was holding this big sign in her hand in the back of the room uh, before the event had begun and before uh, I, I addressed the media before the event started. And um, she was holding a sign, uh, and one of the city employees who was, uh, who was running the event saw people with signs and said, okay, okay, go up to the front, hold your, hold your signs high. And Spike and I kind of looked at each other and were surprised, but I said, you heard the woman, <laughs> go up there. And, and Spike went up there and 
um, and she positioned herself quite well despite literally being elbowed uh, by the city employees who tried blocking her, but they couldn't because uh, the cameras were rolling and they knew it. Um, and yeah. Mike has, is going to have a lot stronger uh, triceps tomorrow than she has today because she was uh, quite valiant um, holding that sign up there. And it, it, it was it, – you can't take a picture of today's event without having her sign in it. So kudos to her uh, being both polite uh, and assertive. Uh, and, and it was great. Right in front of the media, I started talking to the city employees who were like panicking over this this this, uh, this woman that dared to hold a sign. And right in front of the media, I'm like, "What? Are you gonna go? Are you gonna go grab a girl? Are you gonna hit a girl? Are you gonna throw a girl uh, out of the event?" Uh, so but that was fun. Yeah, but they can't throw anybody out of the event, can they? I mean, it's it's a taxpayer funded event. Isn't anybody allowed to come to this? They couldn't just throw you out, Here's cameras there or not. You can throw people out, and it could be a violation. It could be illegal, but it'll take you a $20,000 legal bill and uh, two years in court to actually be vindicated down the line if, if they did anything wrong. So, and, and, and that's, why we were, that's why we were so happy that Alex was there uh, recording this. So if anything untoward uh, did happen, as it did, uh, he got it on there, and, and we got our message out on social media. I think that you know, Greg, correct me if I'm wrong, but other than the CBS uh, report that quoted you, uh, there's there's been no major coverage of this event, even though uh, they were all there. Uh, the cameras were there. Uh, New York One News, Channel 2, ABC, Telemundo, Univision, uh, a lot of print press, they were all there. Uh, and at least as of a little while ago, there was uh, no coverage of it other than that CBS coverage. And I, I really believe that uh, because we... We opposed them, and we had another point of view. The media was was widely persuaded that there really, really was no story here. But yeah, I, I think ABC Seven may have done a puff piece that completely didn't bother yeah, they, to, to mention that we were there. That's, uh, but we'll that's see. What I mean, I, we have we still have the news coming up tonight. They may not have edited the footage together for the five or six o'clock news. I, I did grab that. Uh, there's that one photo, the screenshot. I was watching ABC Seven on my on my computer. Uh, and, and they did carry the story, and yeah, it was just it was one sided. So yeah, that that sign <laughs> really makes well, a big it was difference. Except for Spike sign. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I also think too that the media is not jumping on the bash the Isig bandwagon as much. I think because of social media and the way that they're attacked when stories come out come out like this on Twitter, on Facebook, on uh, you know whatever, for, usually Facebook and Twitter. Uh, they're tending to shy away a little bit. I, I remember this was about a year and a half ago when uh, the Today Show had uh, Dr. Nancy Schneiderman uh, say that e-cigarettes cause death. And right around the same time, they brought Carson Daly on, who had Stanton Glantz on his show and just totally lied about e-cigarettes for the whole time. So I would obsessively tweet every morning when the Today Show was on. Uh, Today, uh, Today Show hates e-cigarettes. Uh, they hate vapors. Uh, Matt Lauer hates vapors. Uh, uh, you know, I just go on. I did this, I don't know, probably nine or ten months straight. Uh, it finally got to the point where um, Matt Lauer blocked me. The Today Show blocked me. Um, the other woman there, that co-host with him, she blocked me. Uh, <laughs> they all started blocking me. And then I remember... Um, or Savannah Guthrie, she blocked me. And then I remember um, I just eventually stopped doing it. On one of the shows, e-cigarettes got brought up. 
And Matt Lauer said, oh, no, no, I'm not even talking about that. He says, those people are crazy. And they wouldn't even talk about it. They wouldn't even address it. So it it it, it does work. And uh, we got to keep up really getting on them on, on their Facebooks. You know, when you, when you see a bad e-cigarette story that's done by your local news, go on their Facebook. Get, you know, give an opposing view. Give facts. I mean, you know, they, they are... They see how how much of a strong presence we have with uh, with social media. So I don't think it's as much as it used to be. I mean, am I wrong, Greg? I don't see as much of it as maybe a couple years ago. I mean, it was really bad a couple years ago. Yeah, the the thing today is that as time has gone on, and there's been more ways to monetize the internet. There are more third, fourth, and fifth rate websites. Not to mention the ones out of India and Malaysia, um, and they're usually the worst of the worst. Um, but as far as the, the largest uh, TV and newspapers, uh, to a certain extent, those reporters uh, have started to realize that, they're, uh, that writing a one-sided story not just is, is wrong, not just because they're going to get criticized, but because this is a real genuine public health controversy. Um, for example, there was that ridiculous cell study that came out two, three weeks ago trying to say that uh, with one researcher saying that e-cigs are as harmful as smoking or she doesn't believe that there's any evidence that e-cigs are less harmful than smoking. Um, and in the U.K., where you have progressive public health England coming out and Cancer Research UK and all these great groups coming out in favor of e-cigs, you had all their major papers other than the financial ones running these fear-mongering, ridiculous stories. Meanwhile, in the U.S., where that study came from, it came from San Diego, it arrived with a plop. Nobody really covered it here in the U.S., and the, the, biggest, uh, the biggest paper that really covered it was the San Diego paper, and it was actually written by a biotech reporter who tore into the press in the U.K. for using the dumb quotes and trying to act like uh, that was the conclusion of the study when it wasn't. Um, so... Every week there's something to be frustrated with, but uh, we definitely have more awareness among the press now uh, about the truth about these issues, or at least that there's another side than we did in 2011, 2012. And, and I noticed, too, I don't know if you noticed this, Greg, but on the PBS show you did the other day, and then on this uh, 1010 Wins uh, piece, they referred to you, they made sure that people knew that you were funded by the e-cigarette industry. Now, to be fair, <laughs> I knew going into that interview that Stanton Glance, if I did not volunteer with that bit of information, that Glance would bring it up and bring it up in a disparaging way. Right. So I told the woman, you might as well just say it because if not, Glance is going to chortle and say that. Um, and so that was, that was all me. Uh, and that interview was interesting. Some people on ECF did not like it uh, because I – didn't really go at glance, didn't really try and go for his jugular. But this was a, um, if you listen to it, I'm very conscious of the fact that this is a San Francisco talk radio station with a premier anti-smoking advocate from San Francisco. Um, And having listened to glance uh, more hours than I prefer to admit over the past five years, I just knew that if you try and go after him on the medical and try and say that he's a hack and that he's uh, lying to target e-cigs and all this, he would just chortle and say, oh, Mr. Conley, 
should stick to the law and let the scientists stick to the science. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I tried to avoid that, and I think uh, tried to present the second side of the story and tried to make sure people knew it wasn't a black and white issue. And but you know what? Uh, better reviews up on YouTube. That w- it is. And that was very smart that you did that too, because now let's let let's say for example, let's say maybe a few months from now, CNN says, "Hey." We've got uh, Stanton Glantz coming on. We'd like to have uh, Mr. Gregory Conley come on and, and, and you know talk e-cigarettes, maybe debate e-cigarettes. Because you were so good to him, he might sit there and say, you know what, I'll do it. He was respectable to me the last time we, we, we were together and doing an interview. He seemed like a nice guy. Let's go for it. You know, the one piece of credit that I will give to Glantz, and uh, it, never like to, to give any credit to, to someone like Professor Glantz, but he's not, um, if we were, if we were in a conversation at a bar, I'd use a different word, but he's not a wussy. Uh, Glantz likes to fight. Yes. Uh, he won't let people comment on his, his little blog. That's a safe space, but he likes to fight. He doesn't sky, he doesn't shy away from debates because he knows unlike all these other fools in tobacco control, he actually lives and breathes this stuff. This is all he thinks about. I don't know if he, he has hobbies or thinks about his kids or his poor wife, uh, if he has one. Uh, I think this is on his brain 24 hours a day. So I will give Glance that, that unlike some of the people from the Cancer Society that have uh, declined to go on the radio with me, probably because they know that they'll be embarrassed, uh, Glance, I don't believe, is one to uh, really turn down interviews. Well, I don't really know what's going on with Stanton because he blocked me from his Twitter. I have no idea why. But if I go to his Twitter, I can't, I can't view anything. <laughs> well, in some interview, Glantz said he only blocks people on Twitter when they threaten him with violence, like threaten to hang a noose around his neck. Um, well, I've never done uh, that. All I know is that <laughs> I am one of the only harm reduction advocates that Professor Glantz follows, uh, probably because he sees, he sees a lot of himself in me, I like to think. Well, that's interesting. Very interesting. Well, Jeff... Uh, Greg, Alex, I want to thank the three of you for going to this No E-Cigs for Kids Rally today. Uh, You are a voice, and it was wonderful that you went. I thank you very much for doing so. I thank you, Jeff, for coming on. I thank you, Greg, for coming on. And I thank you, Alex, for coming on. And, uh, you know, it was wonderful. Is Alex on? Alex yeah, I'm is here. On. I'm just really quiet. <laughs> <laughs> you really are I, quiet. I, I, I do want to say, actually, before, before okay. we wrap this up, yep. um, uh, Assemblywoman uh, Linda Rosenthal was also in attendance, and she's oh, no. uh, she has put bills. For, I, I think she's just kind of a, a legislative dynamo. I, I think she files like several hundred bills every year, um, and, and right. typically she does take up the anti-e-cig thing. Um, but she currently... Um, you know, again, just more evidence that we're not talking about just protecting the children or preventing sales to minors. Um, they are absolutely going after adult access to these products, uh, as is evidenced by a couple of bills that she's put forward. A uh, 1496, which would uh, prohibit vaping indoors, uh, would raise the age to purchase to 21. Uh, and of course, the funny part about this is, is this also contains a, a bit to direct the Department of Health to commence to examine and evaluate the effects of electronic cigarettes on public health. I don't know how you get an accurate picture of that when you're prohibiting use in all kinds of places. And of course, following this up with a ban on refill e-liquid, uh, that would be a 
635. So I, I really don't understand how anybody can genuinely put forth something to research the effects of these products on public health while taking away some of the most effective products. Um, and I think she's got another one to prohibit indoor use. So those are just three of the bills that uh, are in New York this year, by the way. Um, and, of course, we'll get around to, to putting out an alert when that, when that is relevant. I mean, Alex is, is... Yeah, and from 2009 to 2012, or 2010 to 2013, Rosenthal ran bills three years in a row to ban the sale of e-cigarettes to adults while leaving cigarettes freely available by saying that e-cigarettes couldn't be sold in New York unless they were classified um, and approved by the FDA as drug delivery devices. Um, and then she got on the e-liquid ban train um, about a year and a half ago, um, and she actually denied to my face that she tried to ban e-cigarette sales to adults. Um, and my, my, my old line that I use with some of these people, uh, and I did it with um, the majority leader of the California Senate, former a couple of years ago, Ellen Corbett, is that some of these people, they want to ban so many things that they can't remember what it was a couple of years down the line. Um, oh, Greg, Greg, and that's you're Linda Rosenthal. Greg, you're absolutely right. Uh, I have an op-ed currently under consideration at the New York Post about a, a Rosenthal bill. Uh, 617A, uh, but it's not about e-cigarettes. It's about uh, scary warning labels on biotech. Uh, so she's, she's, she can't possibly know uh, about every bill that she has trying to scare consumers about technology products. And isn't Yeah, that, she's one of the worst. And isn't there, I mean, there... Uh... Is, is New York doomed, New York City doomed, Alex? I mean, I, it seems like they are. It really does. It seems like every politician in New York City wants them gone, wants them banned. I mean, do they have a prayer? Well, last year, um, I guess towards the end of it, maybe in the fall, there was a city council member that introduced a bill to prohibit the sales of flavored e-liquid. Um, and I think that would have been limited to specialty tobacco shops which at the time, I, I, I still, uh, vapor stores aren't, uh, don't have to be licensed as a tobacco shop as far as I know. Um, so, yeah, you would have to walk into a specialty cigar store to buy a bottle of e-liquid um, in anything but tobacco and menthol. Um, but uh, that, I don't ever think that um, proposal saw the light of day. Um, hopefully, you know, I... I I, I suspect uh, a good hammering on social media kept that out of you know, actually getting to city council. Um, so I, I mean, actually, there's. I actually met with city. I actually met with city council members, and I'm a, a longtime New York City resident. I'm a former employee of the city when I worked for Mayor Rudy Giuliani, and uh, so I know my way around the New York City Council. And I had the opportunity to meet with a number of members of the council, uh, who certainly. Uh, were not co-sponsors of they were not co-sponsors of the legislation, and in fact, that bill never never got anywhere. So I think we have made some progress, even uh, even the liberal bastions of New York. That's yeah. good. That is good. So there is hope. That is good. Yeah, and in I terms of so. the rest well, of the well, state, hope. go go ahead, Jeff. There's hope. Thank you. There's there's hope, but it, it's not going to. We're not going to make progress unless we do what we did today. And uh, I'll point out that, especially for the vaping community, not only were they assertive, but they were respectful. And I think that's the right mix, is assertive but respectful. Uh, and, and we will make progress, but we have to engage. Right, right. Alex, you were saying? Well, yeah, I was going to say, you know, in terms of the rest of the state, um, 
you know, Rosenthal's bills have sort of trended to be dialed back a bit. Um, they're, of course, they're not reasonable in their current form, but they seem to be kind of losing a bit of that extremity. Um, and I, I believe, you know, Kemp Hannon's bill to ban e-liquid outright, uh, that even got dialed back a bit last year. And this year, I haven't seen it be, be introduced. So, you know, I think, you know, yes, New York City is certainly looked to for its leadership in, in various policy issues. But, uh, you know, the rest of the state, doesn't always follow New York City's lead, and and I think that there's some, you know, there are other regions of the state that are that are aware of the value of these products, and and so, um, you know, hopefully in this case the rest of the state can show some leadership and 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 maybe dial things back in New York a bit. Right, and I just want to put but before we end this, I want to put a message out real quick. I have a funny feeling that uh, Scott Stringer is listening. Uh, Mr. Stringer, uh, Mr. Steyer will be more than happy to debate this with you, whether, you know, I'm sure he would uh, privately like to uh, talk to you about this. Uh, Right, Jeff? I mean, if uh, Scott Stringer invited you to discuss this, uh, come to his office and discuss this, you'd be up for that, right? That is. And uh, I wish 15 years ago I could have given Scott's brother David an e-cigarette to help him quit smoking. And, and, you know, back then e-cigarettes weren't out there, and now they are in the uh, I could certainly get him some product to try. So Scott's brother, who I know he loves very much, uh, can can quit smoking. Right, and uh, that's exactly I, I what a coward a would say. What's that, Greg? I said that's exactly what a coward would say, Jeff. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for coming on. I really appreciate it, Jeff, Alex, uh, Greg. I appreciate you guys coming on, and uh, we will talk to you again soon. Thank you, guys. Thank thanks, you. Kevin. Thank you, Alex. Talk more. I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. See you, guys. Thank thanks. you again. Okay. All right. That was fun. No e-cigs for kids. My God. It's getting crazy. What, what am I doing? Where's Dino? Got to bring Dino on now. What time is it anyway? Wow, it's almost 10 o'clock. Where's Dino. Here he is. I know he didn't listen to any of this, but that's okay. I didn't expect him to. Where's Dino's intro music? I wonder if he did listen to this. Dino, did you listen to any of uh, what we just discussed? (laughs) (laughs) Well, hang on, Dino. I got something to wake you up. Here's some new intro music for you. This is new, hot off the press Dino intro music. It was a great song. You're going to love this. Uh, uh, this country is fucking uh, pussified. Uh, 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 this country is fucking uh, pussified. Uh, That's wonderful. I love it. Uh, this country is fucking uh, pussified. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> now that's an intro. <laughs> yeah, I was listening on and off. I was listening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what's going on? Same old stuff. Yes. I had a nice relaxing day all by my lonesome. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, they all went to Disney on ice. Oh, so you had a nice day alone. That's great. Mm-hmm. That is great. I watched... Ten episodes of Making a Murderer. 
So you want okay? Well, before we get into that, I I, I want to we're gonna get into that, but first I want to get something first. Uh, I was supposed to have an attorney on this evening. Okay, he we we're gonna talk about copyrights and trademarks. I actually contacted this guy. He's an attorney. He's an intellectual property lawyer. He's also a vapor, and he was going to come on. We we're gonna go over copyright and trademarks and all the insane things that are going on in this industry and this guy is an intellectual property lawyer he and a vapor and he sees the total rampantness of trademark and copyright infringement that's going on we were going to discuss it i got a call at 5 30 this evening saying that he couldn't come on there was an emergency so i'm going to get in touch with him this week and hopefully he'll be able to come on next week because that's going to be wonderful i had a discussion with him and boy he had some interesting things to say but unfortunately <laughs> he couldn't make he really did but he, he couldn't come on tonight so i want to save that discussion for next week so hopefully he can come on next sunday so uh, anyway yes yeah, so you saw all 10 episodes now uh, I, I want to tell you, I got an email this week from somebody who said that uh, after Dino watches this documentary, he will absolutely 100% say that Stephen Avery was guilty. So you watched all 10 of them. What is your opinion? Well, I do not think he's 100% guilty, but I'm also not 100% sure he's innocent. Uh, I'm I I'm really not sure either way, but he should have been acquitted because the law says you, you know beyond a reasonable doubt there was a shit ton of doubt. Yes, there was a shit ton of doubt. Yes, and you I know mean, the, I don't I don't know I don't really I'm not so sure I believe the conspiracy theory of the cops and planting shit and all of that other stuff. Uh, I mean, there were some pretty valid points, but I'm really not sure. I'm well, really not sure. Well, here's the three things that are being said. Either number one, people think that he was set up by the police and he's not guilty. Number two, he did it and he is guilty. Or number three, one of his family members did it. I think it's probably number three. So you think it's number three. Okay. Yeah, I think, it, you know who I think did it? I think it was that, who's the the the... the the nephew that was um, the, the kid had some kind of Brandon's a, brother, Brandon's brother, Brandon's brother is yes. the one who I think that did it. Yes. And, and there That's, are. Yep. There are people that think that as well. Some people yeah. think he did it. Some people think one of uh, Stephen Avery's brothers did it because they did have a uh, um, record of, uh, I don't know, sexual misconduct or, or you know, they, they, they had uh, issues with the law in the past uh, with stuff like that. So, yeah, there, there's three points. You know, I never got so many emails about it. I just brought it up last week, and people are emailing me all week about this. Listen, if you want to have a debate about this, certainly email me. We'll have a show. We'll debate this all day because I, now Dino thinks that he didn't do it, but somebody on that property did it. I personally think he was set up by the police. Yeah, I don't think he was set up by the police. But I also think that that kid, um, Brandon, was his name Brandon? Yes. Yeah, that kid Brandon was not competent enough to stand trial that kid. No, and you know what? Uh that 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 dumb fucking bitch uh Nancy Grace on the HLN, HLN that woman, they had her on Dr. Phil this week cuz uh, Dr. Phil talked about it this week. He did a show on it. And 
Um, you know, she's talking about how Stephen Avery's guilty as sin and Brandon's guilty and they raped her and they killed her and blah, 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 blah. And Dr. Phil it, it is explaining to her, he's like, listen, number one, uh, this, this, this kid Brandon had an IQ of 70. I mean, he was pretty much mentally retarded, okay? He's, he, he's, he's, he's slow. I mean, he, he's, he, he's got problems. He, he's challenged for yes, sure. Yes, he is. Second... He was not represented by an attorney when they were questioning him. He was never represented by an attorney. Therefore, he did not receive. He he should get a new trial. And this Nancy Grace is going nuts. Oh, ba ba ba! That's ridiculous. What about the poor woman that's dead? And ba 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 ba! Fuck her. You know, I I, I don't agree with this Doctor Phil all the time, but he was right. Uh, the, the kid deserves a new trial. He, he, you know, he, he never had representation when he was questioned and they, you could tell they absolutely talked him into saying that he just wanted out of there. Yeah. He, he probably didn't he, know. He a, had no, he thought, I believe that he thought that if he just said whatever they wanted to hear, they wouldn't let him go home. That's right. And they even played it on Dr. Phil. I don't know if it was in the documentary, but they played it on his show when they were apart where they were interviewing him. And he says, he says to the police officer, he says, am I going to make it to school by 1.30? Yeah, and, he had a project due. Yeah, he said, I have a project due. So I, he was just telling them what they wanted to hear, so we get the hell out of there. He's like, okay, this is what they want to hear, so I'm going to tell them that, and then I can, go, you know, I can leave. He had no idea. He didn't know what the hell was going on. Yeah, still doesn't know what's going on. Oh, that poor kid. That poor kid. And then and the worst part of that documentary is when his mother's on the phone with him, and she's like, why did you say all that? He said, well, Mom, stupid. And she's yeah. like, no. He's like, no, no, I am. I'm stupid. I mean, it was so sad. I, yeah. I, oh, my God. Yeah, I felt bad for the kid, too. Oh, horrible. But, yes, yeah, so everybody wants to debate and, this. And I also don't, I, I can't imagine for the life of me that somebody that, that was acquitted and served 18 years and then sent home would be so dumb as to leave all that shit just laying around. Right, like a car in the lot, and the and the key by the bed, and it just it just didn't make any sense. Well, that's that's why a lot of people feel like you do, like he was set up, like somebody else did it, and they they knew that the, that they could, you know, they just set it up so that they knew they'd go after uh, Stephen. Yeah, they knew it. So who knows? All I know, I, I, the, all the things that they did, to, supposedly did to this girl, and they couldn't find any blood. Yeah, I mean that was just ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, it was ridic- that was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. They, they they raped her and killed her. They sliced her throat in the bedroom, but there was not a drop of blood anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. come on. And shot her in the head. Yeah, they, yeah, they shot her in the head. There's no blood anywhere. I mean, I don't know. It's it's the the whole thing. All I know is that Stephen Avery didn't do it, and I I I just feel like the police did, and I feel that way. I tell you why, you know, because. There's that scene where the uh, I forgot his name, but the the one of the police officers, one of the troopers is up on the stand and he had called in the plate number. Yeah, I saw that. Yes. And he said right after he called in the plate number, green RAV4 and the woman said, correct. And and, And now he said, now, how could you have known that if you weren't behind it? Mm-hmm. And the look on his face was like, oh, shit. I'm fucked. Oh, my God. He sat there like you could tell the look on his face like, oh, my God. I, I what, what am I going to say now? He was absolutely. And so he's behind the raft for three days before it was discovered. What? 
the fuck is that? He said, oh, no, I just had found, I was calling in the plate. I found the plate. That's bullshit. He was behind the fucking car. How would he know that make and color the car? There's too many, too many, uh, like, so much left to doubt there. Yeah. You know? I don't know. It's... By rights, he shouldn't have got, he shouldn't have been uh, uh, indicted. Yeah. Well, you know, he got life imprisonment, the guy. Yeah, life. Yeah, with no possibility of parole. And, and you know, the, the kid, Brandon, pretty much has life, too. I mean, he gets uh, parole when he's in his 40s, I think, or something like no, that. No, no, no. He got, he got uh, I believe it was life, and then he got possibility of parole after, like, uh, like in 2000, 50 years or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, like in 2047 or something like that. Yeah, he's going to be, like, 65, 70 years old yeah. when, he, when he comes up for parole. Yeah, wonderful. Oh, my God. Just a shame. But it's a great documentary, though, wasn't it? <laughs> I was glued to the TV all day. <laughs> you can't stop watching it. The way yeah. they end it, you can't. You're like, fuck, I got to watch the next one. You can't. You just can't. Why, like, there's going to be a next one? No, no, no. I'm saying when you're watching them after, oh, at right, the end of right, every right. episode, yeah, they catch you. So they make you want to watch it more and more. It's like, oh, my God. Crazy. I liked crazy. his lawyers. Yes. They were pretty sharp, those guys. Phenomenal lawyers. Not sharp enough, but they were pretty sharp. Oh, they were great. Absolutely great. Oh, boy. Oh, did you see this? Have you been seeing this all week? Oscar so white. Hashtag Oscar so white. People are going, it's, <laughs> people are going crazy because they feel like uh, pretty much all the nominees for an Oscar are white. And this is like the second or third year they've done this. And and they don't. Uh, uh, there's no black men up for Oscars. And why are the Oscars so white? Will Smith's wife is going nuts. I'm not going to go. This is bullshit. Uh, no, fucking but, but, go. Yeah, Oscars. Oh, what the fuck? Listen, I, th- this is crazy. And then and then the movie they're talking about that uh, they're saying, well, why didn't it get any Oscar nominations? Was straight out of Compton. Are you fucking kidding me? Listen, what, he was in that movie. Uh, no, he wasn't. But I saw straight out of Compton. Listen. Did I like Strata Compton? Yes. Was Strata Compton Oscar worthy? Fuck no. What are you nuts? Was uh, the guy that played Ice, Ice Cube should get an Oscar? Fuck no, he shouldn't. That wasn't an Oscar worthy movie, you idiot. Straight out of Compton. Fuck you. That was even close to being an Oscar. You want to know what an Oscar worthy movie is? The Revenant. That was an oh, Oscar. I just saw it. Yeah, great, huh? That oh, fucking awesome, man. That was an Oscar worthy movie. The Danish Girl. That I was an ask. That. The Danish girl's that guy that dresses up as a girl, and, and it's the story of the first transsexual. It's crazy. He's this is like back in the. You th- see the Martian? No, I have not seen the Martian. Not a fucking great movie. There you go. Straight out of Compton was not an Oscar worthy movie. Nor were there any Oscar worthy performances in it. You people know. Yeah, maybe if they would have cast Ice Cube in The Revenant, maybe he would have won an Oscar. <laughs> This is ridiculous. No, Will Smith was in a movie called Concussion. I haven't seen the movie yet. I couldn't tell you if he had an Oscar-worthy performance. I have no idea. I couldn't tell you. Will Smith is good. I like his movies. Yes. You know what I what I discovered uh, over the last week or two? Put Locker. What you is know that? what that is? Uh-uh. You could go on this website and you could look, watch a movie that's in the movies. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. That's great. Well, I have what I have, which I wanted to do a show about months ago, but nobody fucking responded to me. Fuck you, people. Was I have a XBMC box? The and hell is that? An XBMC box cost me like I don't know eighty bucks. It's a box. It pretty much has uh, Android on it, 
and I have the Kodi um, app on it. And the Kodi app, you can download these video plugins, these program plugins, and I have this plugin called NaviX. And all I do is I go, it's hooked to right up to my TV. It has a remote and everything. I go on there, click on NaviX, click search, and all the movies that are in the movies are on there. And they're all, like, I just watched uh, that uh, daddy, stepdaddy fucking movie with Will Ferrell and uh, uh-huh. Mark. That was funny. Um, I saw I, all these movies I saw on there. I saw the Danish Girl on there. I watched uh, uh, that short movie, uh, Get Short, or sh- some movie. Uh, I don't know. It's a new movie. I, I watched it today. Um, yeah, it I has, saw The Hateful Eight. Yeah, I saw The Hateful Eight. I saw that on there. And they are all they have all the Oscar screeners on there. They're perfect HD uh, uh, videos. Yeah, The Hateful Eight was great. That's something that should get a fucking Oscar. That was a wonder. Wasn't that an awesome movie? Yeah, Samuel L. Jackson is fucking awesome. Yes. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. But uh, but I don't think he should get an Oscar for that. I think Jennifer Jason Lee should get an Oscar for that. She was phenomenal in that fucking movie. That was a great movie. But yeah, yeah, she played a good part in that movie. But yeah, I, I can she watch. She got a fucking ass busted in that movie. Yes. But I can watch all these movies, and you know they're in the theaters. I can just watch them at home. It's, <laughs> it's wonderful. It's the greatest thing ever. See this? Some guy just wrote in the chat, the man that bitches about clones is watching stolen movies. And you're like, that shit. (laughs) I got no rebuttal. Nope. No rebuttal. No no rebuttal for me either. That's right. Just call us hypocrites. Fuck it. Who cares? You know what? I saw something else today. This is interesting. If anybody wants to call in, which I know nobody will, 347-308-8329, this I found interesting. There, I want to see what Dino thinks about this. Listen to this. This is the title. Man makes lifelike child sex dolls to stop pedophiles committing crimes. Oh, my God. The incredibly strange idea was created by a man who says he's sexually attracted to children. The dolls were designed by a man who admitted he is sexually attracted to children and wanted to help others control their urges. A company is manufacturing sex dolls for pedophiles who want to control their sexual impulses. And the founder says that they may well be a valuable weapon in the fight against sexual abuse of real children. That is very interesting. Now, interesting. It's fucking disturbing. But but hang on, hang on. I know you first hear that and you go, "Oh my god, that's insane." But now think about this, okay? Think about one of these sick fucks who has sick sexual fucking fantasies about children, okay? Let's say he's able to get this doll, okay, this life, and the things do, they look just like little kids, they're lifelike. Say he's able to get one of these dolls, so he can do whatever he wants to do with this doll, which is preventing him from going out and doing this to real children. Is that bad? It's, it, I, I'd rather these sick fucks do this to these dolls and go out and do it to real children, now, do I think it'd work for every sick fuck out there that's in the little kids? No. They should it, get the fucking names. Everybody buying the motherfuckers and they just kill them all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Collect their names and addresses. Yeah. And that. That's all. Well, that's, do a big roundup. Well, there you go. That, <laughs> that's a good solution. But no, I understand what they're saying. Now, I, now, I don't think this would work for every one of them. I don't. But I do think it, it would work for some. And listen, let's say out of all these sick fucks, say 20% of them, this works. And because of having this doll, they'd never go out and do this to a child. Well, geez, that's wonderful. That's a win because now a child's not going to get uh, hurt. Uh, or, or I, don't I don't agree with that. You don't agree I, with that. 
I don't know. I think I think I I, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm fucking stuttering. I'm, I'm it's the guy who's making these things is a fucking scumbag. Right. There's some guy capitalizing off of this bullshit. Oh my god, that's ah, uh, please. Yeah, yeah, he's a scumbag. But you know, he's I uh, I don't know. It's a, it's almost like a, a harm reduction thing. Like, okay, let's let's get let's you know you can't you you can't have maybe tra- the FDA will ban those too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they might. I don't know, but all I know is that I I don't think there's a cure for these these people. I really don't think there is. And if you can hand them a doll and they'll just have fun with their little doll and leave kids alone, then by all means, give them the goddamn doll so they won't do this to children. I mean, I don't know. I, I I understand what they're saying. I not I, but I don't think this worked for all of them. I really don't. You know, it could be the reverse effect. It could be that some sick fuck gets this thing and now makes them want to go out and want to find a real child. I don't know, but uh, it's certainly interesting. Very, very interesting. I find it very interesting, at least. Uh. Please, please don't tell me we're ending the show with that. No, 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 no. You know what I'm gonna end the show with? I got a K Box 70. The hell's that? K Box 70 is a uh, 70 watt. It's got 70 watts. Got temp control. It's got a built-in 4,000 milliamp battery. Oh, is that is that Kanger makes that? Yes. Uh huh. Actually, looks just like a fucking uh, um, one of those other ones from uh. Can't even think anymore. The uh, the e leaves. It looks just like an e leaf, an eye stick. Right. But uh, yeah, it's it's uh, got a. I I love the the, the battery life's phenomenal. I can use this thing from morning till night. Does not die. I love it that it does not die. Um, I'm using the Aspire Cleto on it. I've had the Aspire Cleto for almost a week now. Oh, how is that? I was thinking about getting one of those. All right. This. The, okay, there's positive and negative. The positive of the Aspire Cleto is is the flavor's phenomenal. Love the flavor. I think it's a little bit better than the Super Tank Mini. Little bit, not How's huge. How's the size comparison to the Super Tank? A little bit bigger. It's, it's bit, bigger. Okay. Yeah, a little bit bigger. Not much, but a little bit bigger than the Super Tank Mini. Uh, it's got a shit ton of airflow. It's got much more airflow than the Super Tank Mini does. Lots and lots and lots of airflow. Uh, it's a top fill, which is nice. The negative thing, really the only negative thing I found, so it does not leak at all, just like the Super Tank Mini does not leak at all. Uh, the only negative thing that I don't like about it, which is just me, uh, you know, to the Super Tank Mini, you just unscrew the tip and you fill it. This, you got to unscrew the whole top cap and, and you know, it's just open and you got to fill it, which kind of sucks. But it's, you know, that's just my little quirk with it. But And I will tell you this too, because a lot of people thought, you know, when you open up the top, you may end up pulling the tank off and the juice just go all over the place. No, that doesn't happen. That fucking tank is on there. It's not going anywhere. Uh-huh. No, it does not come off. Because someone said, oh, when those rings get wet, it might come off. Nope, does not come off. I mean, it it is fucking on there. It's a good tank. It's a damn good tank. It's a little bit better than the Super Tank Mini. A little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit. And I've been I'm using- stuck on... The Super Tank Mini, and I still use the Goblin, the yeah. Goblin Mini. Yep. And so, I and I'm still this this uh, this vapor vapor flask light. Yep. Is uh, it's I fucking love it. Yeah. Yeah, the Cleto. I got the point four coils. I got it at fifty five watts. It's wonderful, absolutely wonderful. 
Uh, I just changed the coil today, so it's been in there about a week. And again, it would probably last anybody else longer. I'm just picky. The second I start to get a not right taste, I want to change the coil. Most people would have been fine and kept that coil in probably another two weeks. I'm just like that. The second it doesn't taste like it's fresh and it's new, I'm like, fuck it, I want another coil. But, uh, yeah, it's nice. It works good. It's definitely worth the money, and it works good. Especially if you like a lot of air. It's got a shit ton of air. Yeah, I don't even use... I, I use the Tobiko on the lowest air setting. Yeah. So it looks like a circle. Right. Yeah, I'm doing that on this, too. I have, like, the air pretty much oof, almost closed off. Yeah. But, yeah, if you like air, it's got a shit ton of fun. It's a good tank. It's a really, really good tank. It is. A little bit better than Super Tank Mini. little bit. If you had to choose, I'd probably take the Cleto. And this K-Box is nice. It's fucking small, too. I love this thing. Mm-hmm. I love that I can use it all day and not have to worry about charging. I love my SX Mini. I do, but I go through, like, fucking four batteries a day. The fucking thing is heavy. Yeah. This thing's light as fuck, and it's small, smaller than the uh, SX Mini, and I can use it all day. I don't have to worry about charging it at all. Puff on that motherfucker all day. It lasts from morning to when I go to bed. What, has it got a, a battery built in? Yes. Uh. Yes, it does. It's nice. They're inexpensive, too. I think they're like, you probably get online for like 40 bucks. It's amazing the quality gear you can get now for such an inexpensive you know, such a cheap price. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, devices are getting cheaper. Tanks are getting cheaper. You can probably get a Cleto tank for, I think, 20 25 bucks. They're inexpensive. I still fucking goblins up for $20. Yep. Yeah, shit's getting cheaper. It is wonderful. It's just getting better and better and better. But, yeah, I put the SX Mini and the Super Tank Mini away, and now I got this. Very, very happy. And I'll use this. Until something better comes along. <laughs> Possibly. But I like this, though. I do. It's a good setup. So online, you probably get this, uh, say, 40 bucks, tank 20 So for 60 bucks, you could have a wonderful setup. We also got those Kanger uh, top boxes, but I didn't try that, though. It's pretty much a, a Kanger sub-box kit, except it has temp control, and you can fill the tank from the top. I still don't even fuck with this temp control. Yeah, I really don't either. I don't care about temp control. I just want regular coil, straight fucking wattage. I messed around with a titanium build a few weeks ago, and eh, nothing really too impressive. Nickel, I don't give a shit about nickel. I'm not using nickel. I think in general, there's not really a whole lot of people that really mess with temp control too much. You know, even being in the store, there's very... We get people that come in and want nickel coils, but it's not a whole lot. I'd say maybe... 10% 10% of people that come in and get coils want nickel. So I think it's a very limited, limited audience. Yeah, I, I just don't, I don't want to bother. What with about it. that tank? You see that fucking tank that doesn't have a coil at all? What the hell is that thing called? What's that? It's a tank that doesn't use a coil at all. Um, yeah, I, I've been, I watched some reviews on it. It looks like a fuse. It's- <laughs> right? yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's a little, I don't know. It, it, I see mixed reviews. You yeah, know? I see mixed reviews. I, I see that you know it's point five. That's it. There's no going up or down. Uh, I see it's not really a whole lot of vapor. It takes some time to heat up. 
It's not a whole lot of vapor production, and it's a bottom fill. I'm going to wait until they do a second version, which hopefully they make top fill and improve the ramp up. And then maybe if they do those two things. If it had a top fill, and they, because I, the, everything I read was, all oh, the ramp up so slow. If, if it ramped up quicker and they had top fill, then I'll get it. And I do think to pay, I know, oh, $120, fuck you. Well, listen, fuck you. If you could buy a tank for 120 bucks, we never had to buy coils again for it. You could just use it. I'm sorry. That, to me, that's worth it. Think you never have to buy coils again. People are going crazy. Oh, my God, that's outrageous. $120. Oh, you get a fucking this tank, that tank. Stupid. You don't have to buy coils ever again. <laughs> that's called a rebuildable. Yeah. Well, I'm, no, no, but I'm, you don't have to build it. You have nothing. You still got to wick the fucking thing. That's, well, that's it. You got to wick it. I mean, how much is fucking cotton, for Christ's sake? You just have to get cotton. That's it. You don't have to wrap a coil. You don't have to buy replacement coils. You just throw some cotton in the fucker. That's it. Done. I mean, to me, that's worth it. Like I said, top fill, improve the ramp up time. I'm buying one. But I was going to buy one, but I didn't. Because the same thing, I didn't see a whole lot of uh, good reviews on it. So we'll see. We will see. I think that guy was. Monster monster truck show next Saturday. Indoors? Yeah. Oh. It's the second one I'm going to. I went to a monster truck. I took my son when he was, I don't know, five years old, six years old, indoors. I will never do that again. I had the worst fucking headache of my life. Oh, Oh, I went. It wasn't that bad. Oh, and the Hartford Civic Center was fucking terrible. I mean, it was terrible. I I, I went to the one in uh, Nassau Coliseum, and it was okay. This one's at the Prudential Center in Newark. Well, the Hartford Six, so, I mean, I, I, Nassau Coliseum, what is that? How many? 30,000? That's small. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, because the Civic Center was small, too. Oh, I had such a headache. The Dental so Center is pretty big. I think we'll be all right. That exhaust. Plus, we're, on, we're going to the first show, so it won't be, it won't be that bad. I just, you go on the, the afternoon shows are probably worse than the, the morning shows. Oh, the second we walked in there, you could smell the exhaust. And those fucking things started going off. And I was like, oh, my God. It was so it was just filled with exhaust in there. And we're, I'm breathing it in. No, it's a fucking truck show. What do you expect? Oh, I'll never do that again. I, that headache went on for days. I woke up at <laughs> a fucking headache. I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, it was bad. Oh, that was a nightmare. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, well, if you went one time and you're okay, then you should be okay. I'll never go to one again. Fuck that. Thank God I have a daughter. Just me and my buddy. You and your buddy. Oh, it's just going to be the two of you? Yep. That's good. Yeah, he knows that he can shit on a bowl now, so we can. I can take him by myself. <laughs> did you potty train him? Not me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not me. The girls did. Well, that's good. That's yeah. good. He's potty trained now. That's awesome. He's- I gotta make sure he wipes his ass like a man, not like a girl. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll wind up with shit on his balls. That's right. <laughs> no, you gotta teach him which way to go. <laughs> I get you know you know what I have here in the bathroom. I have those uh, those uh, wet wipes, those ones that you can buy now that are flushable. Uh huh. Those are great. I've been using those for years. Those are wonderful. Well, now they have the ones you can flush down the toilet. Yeah, the ones I got. What do you think? I fucking leave them on the counter when I'm done. <laughs> I, I mean, I know a regular uh, wet wipe. You can't do that, but these, you know, you can you can flush them. So yeah, yeah, those are great. Love those. 
What a fantastic invention. All right. Well, well thank you for joining us at ClickBang. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> he didn't do a show last week, did he? I don't think he did a show. No. Yeah. I heard he moved into the Wednesday spot. Yes. Yes, he's in the Wednesday spot. Anybody I, for the Tuesday spot? I No. No, if there's anybody, you, you know, if there's anybody who wants to do a podcast, let me know. We I told have, you who to call. We have to listen to it. I'm not going to say his name, but I told you who to call. Okay. Well, you know, I'd have to, I'd have to, of course, see what it is and what it's about and see if it'd be something that's interesting. I'm just not going to throw any Yahoo on here. That's going to be boring people. That would, that would not be good. And we still got to find a sponsor. I haven't found a spot. I can't get, I haven't found a sponsor yet. I thought you had Nickwood. No, I don't. I don't have any sponsor yet. I just don't have one yet. I don't know what's going to happen with that. I guess we'll see. It sucks because that means I got to fucking pay for everything, which I really can't afford to do. But I'll I'll kick in if you no, want. No, 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 no. You're not going to do that. Hopefully, we'll uh, get a sponsor soon. Hopefully, Avid Vapor. <laughs> yeah. Call up Cisco. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no. Hopefully, I'll find one. Hopefully, at some point. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm looking. Looking for a sponsor. The sponsorship is open. Companies can contact me if they like. Depending on the company, too. You know why we're not getting sponsors so quick, right? Uh, Why? (laughs) Because we're not wearing flat-brim hats and yelling bro. That's right. That's right. We're not on. We're not blowing O's or... Blowing yeah. clouds and we, you know. we we don't have that many people on our Instagram account. Yeah, we don't have. Uh, We're still using Twitter. Yeah, we don't talk about Star Wars or. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not the cool kids, so that's what happens. Who knows? Whatever. Whatever. This is like VP Live is like the old age home for vapors. <laughs> No, I you know what it is is I I think companies are afraid to sponsor it. I think companies are afraid um you know some of our shows uh well, we might say something off color. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you never know, you know. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe uh Grim Greenhurst last week and went to all the companies and said, "Don't you dare. <laughs> Don't you dare." Like, okay, Nick, whatever you say. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? And as for us, yeah, I think you're going to get a show maybe once a month or twice a month. That's just my guess. I wouldn't count on Russ every, every week. I'd say once a month. If you're once, lucky, Every, twice every time a month. he gets a new recipe for his crock pot, you'll get a yeah. show. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Who knows? Maybe uh, maybe things will get better for me, and I won't need a sponsor. I really don't want a sponsor. I just get a sponsor because I, n- I need to pay for the stuff for the show. You know, I, I'd like it to be somebody that I like. You know, that would be nice. Well, we'll but, take somebody we don't like. Well, I don't know if I do that, but. Fast tech. <laughs> Fast tech. <laughs> I don't think the Vapor Joe Board of Directors would uh, allow that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's on the Board of Directors now. He must be. We'll I call see. it VP Envy. 
I, I see that Phil's in uh, <laughs> MVP. I see that uh, Peter Sarder and Dimitri are in uh, in uh, China again. Oh, really? Yeah. See that? We were talking about it last week. Yeah. I mean, that crazy. These fuckers are getting paid trips to China, and I don't have a goddamn sponsor. Are you kidding me? You fucking kidding me? How is that? How's that? They're getting all expense paid trips to China, and I can't even get a single fucking sponsor. What's up with that? It's absurd. DJ Miami and the vaping waiter. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I need a cool nickname. Maybe that's what I got to do. Get a clever nickname. Do a couple of uh, YouTube reviews. I don't know. Who cares? Whatever. I don't give a fuck. I'm done. I'm gonna wrap this. I'm gonna wrap this up. I'm getting tired and I'm um losing my mind. I was just so fascinated. I I love you know what? Oh, and so everybody knows this is getting a song. James has he been in with reeling children in with enticing flavors like peach breeze and vanilla and chocolate. James, <laughs> that's getting a song. And chocolate. <laughs> I love a reflection. Peach breeze. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. I could listen to that all day. I'll make that my ringtone. I just got a message from Durosig yeah. to, that you should do a fun drive every quarter for listener donations. <laughs> yeah. We could do that, but the only problem is I don't know if we could survive off $20 a <laughs> month. $20? I think we'll get $5. <laughs> <laughs> We're lucky we'll get five bucks. <laughs> I want this woman to sponsor me. I love her. And chocolate. James wants She's awesome. And vanilla. And flavors like peach breeze. And vanilla. And chocolate. James. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. And chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's great. Oh, don't let Duro say. Don't listen to Duro's sake. He doesn't like us. He pretends no, he does. He's no. here every week. No, no, he talks shit. He fucking doesn't like us. Yeah, he's, he's here every week so he can talk shit about us. That's all right. He's almost as bad as that fucking uh, Ed Wolf is. Why he talks shit about us too? <laughs> no, that just pisses people off. <laughs> he's a professional troll. Yes, yes, Daryl Sig is a professional troll. That is true. He's got a real name? Oh, of course. That's, that's not, oh, it was, I have no idea what his real name is. Mm. No balls. No. No balls. Nobody in the internet has any balls anymore. All right. We'll wrap this up. I'm done. All right, buddy. We will talk. To, hopefully, we'll have our attorney on next week because I can't wait for that. Oh, I can't wait for that. You people are going to be in shock. You're going to be like, oh, my God. I didn't know that. Oh, my God. There's going to be a lot of companies and video reviewers out there scrambling going, holy shit. (laughs) I better take my shit down. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. Oh, you wait. Oh, very fascinating. Okay. We'll talk to you next week, Dino. All right, buddy. All right, man. Later. Okay. That's it. I'm done Monday. At 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you have Antonini with Raven Grimm. She has a sponsor, AmmoSeek.com. Love those. I love the AmmoSeek commercials she plays. Uh, Wednesday, you may or may not have Russ at 9 o'clock. Thursday, you have Jeannie with the Jeannie K Show. I will be back next Sunday 
9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And Dino and I will be... Killing it. We will. Killing it. We're going to be killing it. Killing it. That's right. Killing it. All right. I'm out. Later. See ya.